How do I sound, by the way? You sound perfect. You sound great. Okay. Do I sound okay? Yeah, you sound fine. Yeah, you sound great. Yeah, you sound great. Like all this. Some of them. Welcome to Direct to Video. Meechas. A podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. I am your host, Tony Robusto. And I am your host, Andy Reyes. So, going back. Harp noises. Well, I can't do those, so thanks for we're, pointing that out. We're going, we're going, we're going, we're casting our minds back to 1979, which is so long ago. I I always forget how old the Muppets are. I don't know. It's crazy to me. Also, just be and because we're going back to 1979, it is technically, I believe, the 40th anniversary of this movie's release. Oh dang! And a couple and several months, but for for the purposes of this. For the purposes of what we're doing here. Because we do everything exactly on time. Yeah, exactly. It was perfect timing, actually, as it turns out. Uh, We're recording this in July. (laughs) The Muppet Movie, the first ever Muppet Movie, has a budget of $8 million. Do you want to know what its box office was? Oh, it had to have been crazy, right? $76.7 million. Yes! In in $1979 money. I don't know. It blows my mind how old the Muppets are. Because before this, they had the show, right? Yes, I believe that is where the Muppets sort of became the Muppets. And also, of course, before this, they had Sesame Street. Was it before? Uh, Big Bird is in this movie. Yeah, I know, but... So it would be a fucking... That would be a fucking crazy called shot for them to put in Big Bird, have him have the line, I'm going to try to break into public television. Okay. And then do <laughs> Sesame Street. Okay, but here's the thing, is the Muppets started in 1955. Sesame Street started in 1969. Ten years before the Muppet movie. So Big Bird had only existed for ten years and they made that joke. This movie is by also like amazing in terms of like just how did they do that but how did they do that though the fucking beginning of this movie which we're in this is something that i never really realized was a muppet reference it's a frog on a log i thought that was just like a fun rhyme whoa i want to start a little bit before the beginning of this oh yeah yeah yeah. oh with the framing device yes because they have the framing device that the muppets are watching the movie Uh, the premiere of the movie right yes statler and waldorf are coming in they say it's a private screening because they won't show it to the to the public or something like that. Mm-hmm. The one thing that stands out to me is I do believe that is South American Big Bird watching the movie in the back. <laughs> I love South American Big Bird. It's a big old parrot mm-hmm. uh, because they don't have canaries. They do not have canaries. As there are a lot of Muppets in the theater that are not in the movie proper, which I feel like makes sense because they probably wrote the movie and shot the movie and were like... These are the characters we want in the movie, but we have a million characters. <laughs> anyway, then we start the movie for realsies. For realsies. Frog on a log. Frog on a log. We got a frog on a log. Your classic all-American frog sitting on that log. Plo. Singing Rainbow Connection, it struck me so hard. I don't know why it struck me this time, but it was like, 
I felt like it was the strongest start to almost any movie I've ever seen. It is legitimately mesmerizing. A, like for me, it's one of those things where this entire... So as we all know, I am not familiar with the Muppets. I have no <laughs> familiarity with the Muppets other than Sesame Street. Like, it's one of those things where I'm watching it and I'm like, that's where that comes from. This like quintessential scene of like Kermit on a log has been parodied so much in, mm-hmm. in like anything comedic. It's amazing to watch and it's a beautiful song too. But here's the thing. Kermit is sitting on this fucking log in the water and you can see his feet and he's playing that <laughs> banjo. And Tony, how did they do it? Let me tell you how they did it. Fucking Jim Henson squeezed into a metal container that had an air hose and a rubber sleeve. I am not fucking kidding with you. He squeezed into a metal coffin with an air hose underneath the log and the water that had a rubber sleeve he could stick his arm through to play Kermit and a monitor so he could see what he was doing. And two other people still had to help him. Five days to shoot just this scene. Sometimes I'll watch a scene with a Muppet and I'll think, okay, so that's one hand, that's two hands, that's a third hand, right? So there's more than one person doing this Muppet. Oh, wait till we get to the end of this movie, though. Okay. Where I legit think people just had their, like, were on their backs, arms, and legs in the air to have enough limbs. And then, like, two minutes after that, we get an even more amazing thing. So Kermit's in there, playing this banjo, singing this song on a log. Uh, and then a Hollywood agent, our first cameo of the movie, like 10 seconds in, just starts paddling his way down this river and is like, help me, I'm lost. Yeah, and it's this is a decent comedic scene, but it, it sets up the point of the movie, which is that the agent thinks Kermit could be a star. And Kermit's reason for wanting fame is to make people happy millions of people happy which i love it's the best thing i love that kermit has such a has such pure motives in seeking fame it's weird to watch a movie about hollywood that is not that is not about it's not about being rich and famous it's about like being a person if i have a problem with this movie and it's hard to have a problem with this movie this is genuinely like the most optimistic film i've ever seen Right. Well, that's the thing, though. It has, like, a sort of unexaminedly positive view of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. But it sort of tints that with this, with the main message, which is that not only that you can, like, achieve your dreams if you try, but that dreams are meant to be shared with other people and that, like, together you can achieve your dreams, which is a really nice... Also, this core concept is a little bit like the core concept of the last two movies we watched. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is like, even if you're fucking weird and there's nobody else like you, you will find your people. There's a lot to love about the Muppet movie. There really is, though. But the thing is, is you're right. There's like this two-tonedness to it where like, if you're watching this with the like naive eyes of a child, this is a movie about being yourself, following dreams that are worth following, which I, th- mm-hmm. I think I think defining a dream that's worth following as a dream that you can share is a good definition. I don't think anyone could object to that definition. Yeah, I really like that. That message is great for kids, but as a, an adult, there there's also this kind of other side of it where they're actively making fun of this idea of what Hollywood is supposed to be and the kind of people who seek out fame and fortune for the sake of fame and fortune. And it's, I don't know, it's weird to see that playing out so well. 
I don't want to just sit here and praise this movie the whole time, but it's going to be hard for me to do anything else. This is like, it's not my favorite of the Muppet movies, because I think that's the Muppet Christmas Carol, because I really like when it focuses on the humans and has the Muppets as side characters because they're so big. But like, it might be my favorite of the movies that does focus on the Muppets, right? Especially compared to the next movie, it's more of a movie with an mm-hmm. arc. But but also something about this movie, I feel like this movie kind of stacked its cameos very well. You get to a point where you're like, all right, this has to be the biggest actor that could have gotten for this movie, right? <laughs> okay, but this has to be the biggest actor. And then they literally get the biggest actor they could get, both in terms of physicality and in terms of sheer fame uh, and weight. Um, at, to, to do their final cameo and you're like come on so next scene Kermit is on a bike Kermit is on a bike and yep. they do the thing at, where you see him riding a bike from a distance and then that's the scene for like two minutes do you know why because it should be impossible and while you're watching it you're like this is impossible And and you're asking yourself how did they do that how did they it's do it? It's because Kermit's a real human person. Let me tell you how they did it. <laughs> they had a massive crane, yep. an overhead crane, that had to be off and invisible off, off of the visibility of the camera, right? So it's way fucking up there with a marionette system held with strong wire. Like, a, it's very thin but strong, like, strain. Somebody once told me that the Muppets didn't do marionettes, and it made me, like, irrationally angry. Like, what do you fucking know? Like, I like I get what they're saying, which is, the one of the things that makes the Muppets the Muppets is, you can, in a way that works, see where the hand is. Mm-hmm. But it works because there's a lot of personality in how they move their hands to do all of these faces. But when it's just Kermit in the distance riding a bike, dog, that's a marionette. I'm sorry. Where's the person? Are they shut? Did Jim Henson squeeze into the bicycle? Jim Henson's actually Mr. Fantastic and he just squeezed into the bike? It sounds like maybe he would have if he could have. If he had the power. Jim Henson saw saw Fantastic Four and he was like, well, if I could do that, yeah, it'd be easy. Uh, Kermit sees a a sign for frog's legs yeah for um mr hopper's frog legs which is like a this is gonna be the villain of the piece he's like colonel sanders but for frog legs which is terrifying because who would want that they got his character design as close to colonel sanders (laughs) i feel like they had a lawyer on set every day like no you can't do that that's a lawsuit shave off that mustache that's a lawsuit (laughs) Kermit's bike is destroyed, which is, I guess, he takes that in stride pretty much. He's like, okay. I, I It takes a lot to phase Kermit. And the next scene, he just enters a bar. Pretty dangerous to build a road in the middle of the street. I think that's his line. That's a great line. And it's a yeah. great line. Kermit's got a lot of zingers. He's very witted. That was also not a bad Kermit, but it was a little bit Rossy. Again, my voice is too deep. It's going to take me a while. I need to, like, inhale helium. So Kermit goes into this... The, uh, the CD bar, which is the Very name. oddly CD bar. This bar is... <laughs> I feel like it's a CD French restaurant is the joke. It's a bistro. Everyone's wearing suits, but also everyone's really mad about it. Well, some people were wearing like those like stereotypical French striped shirts. Yeah. And like, fi- yes, and fighting. And everybody was eating frog leg something or other. 
uh, casseroles or soups or fried frog legs. And on stage is Fozzie the Bear. You know, Fozzie's problem as a character is that he's not funny, but he's a comedian. He is a comedian who is who is not funny to such an extent. That is comedic. Yeah, that that but kind of watching him from afar, it's funny because of how not funny he is. He's like a Gallagher pastiche. But in this movie, he's clearly not funny because he is playing to the worst crowd. He goes, he starts this joke. There was there was a sailor that was so fat, and a fat sailor stands up and said, "How fat was he?" Breaks a bottle. Just like, how? Come on, <laughs> come at me, furball. How fat was he? He's like, uh, he was so fat that everybody liked him, and there was nothing funny about him at all. <laughs> but if Fozzie had an ounce of courage, I feel like he he would have, if he had made the joke, he would have at least been respected. He would have been killed. Not necessarily. Maybe the guy's just being an asshole. You can be an asshole and have a weapon. <laughs> and kill somebody, you're right. <laughs> yes. But As it happens. But I'm saying if he got the crowd on his side... Then they would just laugh at him, and he'd put the bottle shard down and go, "Oh man, I'm being made fun of in public." You can't, you can't kill somebody when you're being made fun of in public. That's when you go out the back and you wait. But then, if you're Fozzie, you just go out the front door and you're fine. Kermit saves Fozzie, or tries to save Fozzie's act by doing a little dance routine. It does not go what I would call well. It doesn't. But then Fozzie has a has an old trick up his sleeve. Uh, where he t- he tell he he, te- he he tells everybody that there are drinks on the house, and everybody starts leaving this bistro en masse, and I was like, "What's going on?" And my first thought was, "Is oh, they're all going home because there are drinks on the house." But then the camera pans up to the roof of the establishment, and they're all standing up there, like, "There's no drinks up here." <laughs> and Fuzzy's like, "It works every time." He is always using this. It's that's great, and they fall for it every time. Every time. There's another great joke here where they talk about like if you touch a frog, it'll give you warts, and Kermit says that's a myth, myth, myth. And then this woman with the lisp comes out and says, "Yeah, that joke is great. It happens again, and I loved it the second time a lot more." The running gags in this movie are way better than the running gags in the next movie. Yes, with a couple of exceptions. What I will say is is that one of the great things about this movie is that the movie we're watching is the movie I want to watch. I want to watch these Muppets get to Hollywood and I don't I don't want to miss a second of it. I it, it is the most interesting thing happening in this movie are what these Muppets are doing. So every time we follow them somewhere, I'm happy to go. And a road trip story is just like a just a straightforward good story, and you can do almost anything with it. I do have one problem with this road trip, though, and it seems like most of this road trip happens in Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> they do spend a lot of time in the desert. They, okay, so... Yeah, but like a very specific part of the desert, right? Like, So, th- they leave together. Kermit has sort of incidentally wrangled Fozzie into his dream of going to Hollywood. And Fozzie has a Studebaker. So. Here's, here's the thing is Fozzie has a car. So Kermit needs him. But here's the other thing is Fozzie has no reason to help him other than A, he's lonely. And B, he's a sub through and through. He needs a dom to order him around. 
I was going to say Fozzie is a follower, and I wasn't going to make it weird. I don't think it's weird. Kermit gives off an immense amount of Dom energy in this movie that you don't see in the next movie, where he's just ordering people around. Okay. Do you not like this? Do you not like the idea of Kermit being a Dom? I don't like the phrase, man. (laughs) I don't like anybody being called a Dom who also spent a lot of time on Sesame Street. Fine, he's a leader. Thank you. They get stopped by... What the hell was his name? Hopper. Hopper. They get stopped by Hopper. Okay, well... Who? Yeah. Is it Doc Hopper or Don Hopper? Doc Hopper. It's Doc Hopper. I believe it's Doc Hopper. Well, it's sort of like Colonel Sanders, you know? He's got a title and a last name. So they're they're stopped by by Doc Hopper, who (laughs) offers Kermit the lowest pitch I've ever fucking heard. This? Which is... (laughs) part of the joke but like fuck dude this is insanity to me it's like hey kid how would you like to destroy every moral sensibility you could have he offers him five hundred dollars a year to support a genocide of his kind no no because because they don't die well, Kermit says he doesn't like the idea of all those frogs needing crutches and like Hopper's little assistant Max. has this like look uh, where he like I feel like it looks like he wants to say something but he's not which is probably those frogs are dead. No, we we eat the rest of the frog too. We just market the legs. Yeah. Huh. They're they're just ground up and made into shakes. Well, that's what happened to Tiny Tim. Mm. I'm leaving that silence in. <laughs> <laughs> so Oh, Moving right along. Chicka, chick, chicka, chick. Let's get to the next scene. Here's one thing I kind of don't like, but kind of love at the same time about this movie, which is it It does. It seems to be a movie of vignettes, which is good for what this movie is. I think it really works for this movie. And, and yeah, and I was going to say, like, I don't think any other movie could do what this movie does and get away with it. We find out that A, Fozzie learned how to drive with a mail-in driving course. <laughs> there's an ongoing joke in this movie that ends about right here which is every time somebody says that they're lost somebody else recommends that they try Hare Krishna and it ends here because they get to a church uh, this like this church that looks like it it's in some antebellum part of the United States and on the sign it says are you lost try talking to Reverend Hare Krishna fantastic punchline to that joke it's, it's very good uh, but we walk into that church and we find out that it's not a church. Didn't they get to the church because they were running from Hopper? Because he didn't oh. stop them again. At that point, yeah, Doc Hopper is... Uh... Yeah. Now we know that he's, like, on their trail. <laughs> and he's gone off the deep end at this point. He's like... And also, how did Hopper find them? Because they are taking the most untraceable path. They should have lost him back in Rhode Island. <laughs> or Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> Not only did he find them, he got ahead of them and built a sign. He got ahead of them and stopped them at his sign. Ugh. Like, that should have been impossible. It was great. It's amazing. It was great because it made no sense. So we're at the church, and they go inside, and the church is not a church. It's more of a establishment under renovation, I would say, mm. uh, in that it is a falling apart piece of shit. Uh, that this band, uh, are they called Rainbow Connection? I don't know. These are the Electric Mayhem. The Electric Man. Is that what they're called? Electric Mayhem. Electric Mayhem. Okay. Yep. You know, I think it was 
something said during it was it was one of the podcasts I listened to. I think it was the Flop House, mm-hmm. who we shouldn't talk about because they're basically like, "What if our show was way better?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. They're willing to talk about movies that we won't talk about. So yeah. But, like, Elliot Kalen Mm -hmm. talked about how he loves Animal. But when you contextualize Animal as, like, a human being, he's the scariest fucking thing you can think of. Oh, yeah, definitely. The moment Animal stops being a Muppet, like, he's a person who can bite through steel. He's a person who can bite through steel who looks at women and goes, And, like... (laughs) <laughs> explode shit at any notice this this is the craziest guy you know and he's a drummer for a band and that's because he likes banging on the drums but also i feel like it's the drummers the thing the drummer is supposed to do is like keep the beat and i bet he's bad at it or maybe he's amazing at it uh instead of explaining to the electric mayhem why they're here and what they're doing because that would bore the audience right they give them the copy of the script and one of my just one of my favorite lines is when they open it up and go or no they way after they open it up because they're reading through the whole thing they just go interior church day and they're like replaying what we just saw and talking over it those guys don't look presbyterian (laughs) it's so great they decide to redesign the uh the Studebaker, so that they're not recognizable anymore. Because what is less recognizable than a tie-dyed car? <laughs> Which leads me to one of one of the great lines where Fozzie goes, I don't know how to thank you guys. Kermit says, I don't know why to thank you guys. Yeah, the, yes, I love that line so much. It, like, spoke to uh. my soul. Like, that's a thing I'm going to tell people now. <laughs> I don't know why I should thank you. They drive out and immediately run into Doc Hopper and Max. And Doc Hopper's like, we need to find this brown Studebaker driven by a bear and a frog. And Max is like, well, all I see is a tie-dyed Studebaker driven by a bear and a frog. It turns out the recognizable part wasn't the car. (laughs) But here's the other thing is it still fucking works because they park in front of a sign that's like a multicolored sign and lose them. Yeah, well, and thank God that that sign was there, but... Like a police car painted green in Maine. <laughs> sure. All right. Somebody didn't. Somebody's ever driven through the the Northeast. I've never. I've never been farther east than Chicago, Tony. Right. I don't think they. I don't think they paint the cars green there. There's a thing where um, on highways, you know, in green areas, they will paint the police cars green so that all the cars won't slow down when they see them, so they can catch people speeding. Huh. Narks. The biggest kind of narcs. Cops. <laughs> the worst narc of all. Is this when they hit Gonzo? Yeah, yeah. This car crash is the best car crash I've seen in a long time. Because unlike most car crashes, where when they don't show the car crash, I hate the movie. <laughs> uh, in this one, when they don't show the car crash, I'm laughing my ass off. <laughs> because it's cut in such a way that I was thinking, oh, we're going to watch two little toy cars crash into each other. But then nothing happens. And the camera just zooms out and you see this car that looked like it was built out of like 50 red hot wheelbarrows with (laughs) plywood and an engine duct tape to it sitting perfectly on top of the Studebaker. And Gonzo gets in. Fozzie says, we picked up a weirdo, (laughs) which I love. Uh, And his girlfriend, Camila the Chicken. Camila the Chicken. Which is a joke that I didn't get until about 
66% into this movie. I believe at this point in the Muppet canon, they are an established couple. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Okay, I, I would not be able to quote anyone else on that, Tony. We have been doing this show for how long, and we and neither of us have gone to the Muppet Wiki until now. Her proper introduction was the Muppet Show episode 318 when she and Gonzo have their first date. Wow, and that aired... Wait, wait, the premiere was July 5th, 1979. When did the movie come out? The movie came out 1979 in July. So they might not have technically been an established couple because this is her first her first episode was on the 5th. Uh, the movie came out in, oh, it says here May, June, actually. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. They go to a car dealership. Yes, they do, because they need to trade in a better car. Right, because now they have four people in this car. Or zero people, but a frog, a bear, uh, something, and a chicken. I am not fucking with you, Tony, when I say this. I legitimately thought for about two seconds that Ronald fucking Reagan was in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't he being president right now? (laughs) (laughs) But it's not Ronald Reagan. It's, It's somebody else. Probably... Like an actual big actor that we just don't know, actually. Because that's who everybody in this movie is. It is Milton Berle, who has the most terrifying smile I have ever seen. So they have this, another great comedic scene. With the buying the car, right? And, uh... Yeah, with just, like, snappy banter back and forth. The basic crux of it is, for these two cars, he's offering a $12 trade-in. And so he's he's totally ready to rip them off. But Sweetums... I'm really glad you knew his name because I did not I did not know what to call him for this whole movie other than Jack, which he clearly says is not his name, it's his job. Yes, yeah, so Sweetums, he, he like kills a fly in the exact place to put a, a decimal in the number like, uh, I think it was like 11.95. No, you're right. It's 95 because they have to get, they get a nickel back on their $12 trade. Because yes, you owe us a nickel. Yep, that's it. And so they get this new car, which is, you know, a little bigger. It's a nice looking car, though. Sure, but this guy sells some bullshit, so, like, probably not as good as a Studebaker, actually. But it's bigger. It's got that wood paneling on the side. Which I think looks gross, but Peak whatever. 70s. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> it is absolutely horrid, but that's some fucking peak 70s shit are those cars with wood paneling on the outside. Like, I want my fucking car to look like my countertop. <laughs> oh my car to look like my kitchen you know that you know how a knife with a wooden handle looks super gross i want my car to look like that forever in this this next scene this is literally my least favorite thing about this movie uh-huh. and it's such a small thing we are not told why the hell they are at a uh carnival they're just at a county fair and here's the fucking thing is there must have been a cut scene right that's what it feels like it does feel like that but also as soon as i started watching this some as soon as i saw the county fair i'm like oh this is where we're gonna meet miss piggy because we just <laughs> that's where pigs are right county fucking fairs <laughs> but here's the thing is we just watched babe so I don't know what's gonna happen i don't know what the scenario is gonna be uh, oh un- my god until we get oh. to uh, the fashion show pageant, and I was like, oh, thank God. Miss Piggy is the winner of this local county beauty pageant. Because, of course, she is. Which, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, once you see who the judges are, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I almost forgot. The fucking uh, Night of the Living Dummy. Miss Piggy and Kermit 
lock eyes and piggy has this song just like a love song where like she and kermit she has this vision of them just like being together and it kind of not to put too fine a point on it looks like they are making love on the grass <laughs> when okay both of them lower out of camera is uh, out of the camera view is the thing and there's something it's it's like in my movie watching brain i'm like okay well if two people are kissing and they go out of view of the camera that means one thing right we've seen the lion king we know what happened when one character makes nala eyes at another character we know what's happening timon sang about it to us we know specifically Muppets cannot make Nala eyes. I don't know. Miss Piggy's making some heavy Nala eyes at at, (laughs) at Kermit. If anyone can do it, it's Miss Piggy. But here's what I'll say, though, is that this is a thing where I'm watching, because it's it's like a vignette of a bunch of different scenes in Mm -hmm. her imagination, and every single one of them, I'm like, that has to be a fucking reference to something. But I have (laughs) no idea what it could be because I wasn't born in the 70s. We just also didn't watch all these old movies. (laughs) My favorite one is the one where she's sitting at, like, a river with a waterfall and there's a boat. And I know Kermit is a frog and he's supposed to be just swimming, but it looks like he's drowning and she's just watching it happen, like an (laughs) Agatha Christie villain. So here's what struck me. The fact that Miss Piggy appears to just teleport over to them with the power of love. <laughs> because at the end of those vignettes, she's just standing next to Kermit. And there was a huge crowd of people. And they hit it off pretty immediately. Oh, before we're done, though, uh, at the end of that scene, they get married in her fantasy. And they're driving away in a car that says, I do too. Which does not, I don't think, sound like what they think it sounds like, which is, I also love you. It sounds more like this is the second time I've been married. (laughs) Welcome to my movie, I Do Too, The Divorce. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Why would you focus on the divorce? It was called I Do Too. It has to happen for the second do to I. Okay, but, like, if you wrote I Do as, like, a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. I Do too would be the divorce? No, no, no. It wouldn't I, be, like, so, after so, the, di- like, no, 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 the no, no, next no. romance after so, that? So the first movie is this romantic comedy, right, where they get together, and they're both people who, like, hate the idea of marriage, but at the end of the movie they marry each other, right? Like, that's the mm-hmm. whole premise of this romantic comedy, and they get married. And I Do yep, too, got it with you. I Do too starts with them getting divorced, That's scene one. You know why? Because there's nothing funnier than two people sitting in a room who were just got married in one movie and in this movie are like, yeah, we're getting divorced. It was just too much. And then the date is like two days after they got married. Okay. I, I I need a quick clarification. Why are they getting divorced? How much animosity is in the room? None. Absolutely none. Okay. Cool, it's cool, just cool. it's just hey turns out we do hate being married so we're just gonna not be married i was trying to keep the energy you know like what what feeling is in the room they hate being married okay cool. the feeling in the room is that marriage is a mistake and then the rest of the movie happens okay wait so it's the rest of the movie these two just getting married again yes yes <laughs> andy i love it I thought they were going to meet other people, but fuck that noise. No, 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 no. They do just get married again. But the second yes. time, no one's excited for the wedding. They're all like, oh, this is a little weird. <laughs> Weddings are really expensive. 
It's okay. We'll have side characters also. Yeah, they'll 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 be like you know having their own adventures. This is frankly great. Although the idea of selling a rom com on the idea that you will make a sequel rom com that's the exact same that's, thing that's is the, terrible. The only and problem, I love it. The only problem is is we have to get permission to make the first movie or none of it pays off. <laughs> and there is no. I want something clear. There is no plot to the first movie. No. It's just that these people don't want to get married and they will. And then they do. <laughs> For tax purposes, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Because in the second movie, they have to get married for real for love. But in the first movie, that can't happen. They have to get married for some other reason. So they go on a date. Oh, I don't, I don't, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, so Miss Piggy has sort of invited herself along with them. And <laughs> are you okay? I am really excited for I Do Too. The Divorce. I love I Do Too, colon, The Divorce. This date is amazing, if only because, A, it's incredibly cheap. Okay, so this is, I think it's the best running gag in The Muppets, is the idea that The Muppets never have any money. And I don't know why that calls to me so much, besides maybe I never have any money? And it's like, they're just like me! This frog also won't spring for good wine! (laughs) Which, you shouldn't. It's... There's no point to it. There's no point to it, Although Steve Martin gives maybe the best performance in the movie is from Steve Martin. The difference between Steve Martin and every other cameo is he's not a cameo. He gets a whole ass scene. Yes. And he's, A, those short shorts are amazing. They're great short shorts. But B, I can tell he's having so much fun, but he is so sardonic. Like he's (laughs) oozing with sarcasm in a way that for, for a little while I was like, does he not like doing this? And then I went, <laughs> oh, he's having a lot of fun is what's happening. Oh, no. He loves doing He this. loves doing this. Remember that Steve Martin was also in that movie directed by Frank Oz that I'm missing the name of right now. Little Shop mm-hmm. of Horrors. Yes. Yes, he was. So, like, you have to assume that at some point he, like, hit it off with them, right? I feel like maybe he was just a big fan of the Muppets. Yeah. If anyone, if anyone would understand what the Muppets were trying to do, it would be Steve Martin. Because that level of, like, fourth-wall-breaking absurdism... That's, that's very his type of comedy, especially at that point in his career. Mm-hmm. So Piggy gets a call from her agent and leaves Kermit. Now we get, finally, it took us a while, but we get to Rolf. Rolf. Uh, who plays Kermit a song about women and how... About love. <laughs> About how it's, like, an inescapable thing for them. Uh, and it's really good. It's a... <laughs> it's a fun song. You've seen the Muppets. It's good. I like Rolf. He's one of my favorites. He's great at the piano. And he's got a... He's got a lot of jokes. God, what does he say? I'm no... I'm no Heinzel. And I'm just like, that's... Like, even for me, that's a deep pull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I barely know who that guy is. Rolf is, in my mind, like, at the same level of Sam the Eagle, as far as, like, comedic timing goes. But you get to see Rolf more often. Sam the Eagle gets one line in this movie. It's a great line. Mm -hmm. He gets two in the next one. Yeah. And I'm so mad, because he's definitely my favorite Muppet. I really like his two lines in the next movie, too. Yeah, they're great. So then Kermit gets a call, and it's Doc Hopper. Turns out he has kidnapped Miss Piggy and tells him to come outside. So he goes outside and like six dudes point guns at him. And he just says, are you the guys I'm supposed to meet? 
And then like 70 guns are just <laughs> pointed at this tiny frog. And it's like, all right. Little frog. So here's the thing, right? Is we just had Steve Martin in this movie for like five minutes. And I'm thinking... This is the this is going to be the only actor I recognize in this movie filled with act. Well, Richard Pryor was in it a lot earlier, but no one knows who Richard Pryor is. This is going to be the the last actor I recognize in this movie. That was my thought, so I was I was like satisfied with that. And then who comes walking on screen during this kidnapped scene where Kermit and Miss Piggy are tied to a beam by this fucking KFC looking ass motherfucker? Who comes waltzing into my life, Tony? Andy, I don't recognize people. <laughs> I had to look up Steve Martin. Mel Brooks. As oh, it's the Mel German Brooks. Scientist. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> as the German scientist. And I was like, is that Mel Brooks? It's amazing. Oh, actually, Ugh. before we get to that, though, Rolf does call, does say the word, the sentence tickling the ivories. Not a fan of that. You don't like tickling the ivories? I'm not a fan of that. It is such a overtly sexual way to say playing the piano that I do not enjoy. Do you think that actually it's not, and you're wrong? No. Now, what? (laughs) Really think about it. (laughs) No, I I refuse. Can we get back to Mel Brooks? Yeah, let's go back to Mel Brooks. uh, Dr. Professor Krasman. Max Krasman. I thought it was Craftsman, but no, it's just Max Krasman. Professor Krasman. Professor Max Krasman. The world's leading authority on the rapidly growing field of mind control in frogs. <laughs> Why? Why do you need a leading authority on this? Actually, mind control in frogs, th- that might be something that there is an actual leading authority of. Oh, there is definitely a person who has mind controlled frogs out there and wrote a paper about it and i probably read part of it you gotta like cut open their brain and stick some wires in or something but i bet you can do it he brings in this huge ass like the most ridiculous and kind of intimidating looking mind control device a mind control device that according to him is not only very expensive but constantly being worked on every day they put on a new knob and a new dial (laughs) and a new switch and what do they do who fucking knows but we're doing it god damn it that's science he says something like, you think we're sleeping in Germany? He's really... That was, like, way too Jewish. Well, later on, he calls the, the, the helmet part of the device the the, the electric... Uh, <laughs> electric yarmulke. Yeah, the electric yarmulke. <laughs> he walks onto this scene, and this scene is immediately a scene that was written and directed by Mel Brooks. That's just who Mel Brooks is. Mel Brooks is a lot like dropping a very hot pepper into a soup. It might have been chicken soup. But as soon as you drop that pepper in there, it's fucking pepper soup. He gets incredibly close to just frying Kermit's brains. Very close. It definitely looks like Kermit does not do anything to stop this. He, Other than maybe make himself incredibly small. But then Piggy busts out, beats up everybody else. Uh, I think has to beat up Mel Brooks twice because she yes. gives him a hit and then he still tries to pull a thing. She throws a guy through a wall. <laughs> I also believe that he ends up brain fried. It's not yes. clear. I feel like the Yamaka does not touch him, but the assumption is he has been brain fried. Yeah, he gets he gets brain fried. He becomes the frog. Coming this summer, Miss Piggy in Hambo. Alright, that's it, I'm done. Kermit and Piggy are about to like have their big denouement moment, and she gets an actual call from her actual agent. And she's just gone. Just immediately. Is gone. There's not even a goodbye. 
And what I find really interesting is at this point, the film literally stops. And I assume it's to, because it it goes back to our framing device, which is the Muppets watching the movie. Because it turns out the Swedish chef has messed up the reels or the film. And yeah, I assume this is to like relieve some tension that they're afraid the audience might feel to sort of remind us that everything turns out okay. And that Piggy is part of the Muppets and all this. The thing is, is so much has happened at this point. I do feel like there is a lot of pent-up tension. And for a kid's movie, you gotta let that go. And this was a good time. I do think this movie and the next movie use their framing devices in really interesting ways. But in this movie, it serves to remind, I assume, the kids watching this movie, hey, it's a movie. All these characters that you like are just having fun. But it but it also sets up an amazing line that we're going to get to in a couple minutes. We uh, we get a, a great exchange between Kermit and his nephew where Kermit's like, Oh, this is the patriotic part. Oh, should we stand up? No. Fozzie is singing America the Beautiful. Yeah, while they're driving through Colorado. Amber waves of green. It could frankly be anywhere. Um. <laughs> well, at some point, we do get a shot of the the President Mountain. Mount Rushmore. Thank you. And at that point, I'm like, okay, but that's in fucking Montana. No, they weren't actually there. It is not, in fact, in Montana. It's not in Montana? Where the fuck is it? I believe it is in North Dakota. That's close to Montana. I'm not saying it's far from Montana. I am telling you <laughs> that Mount Rushmore is not in Montana. Okay, it's in South Dakota. Is it in South Dakota? It's in South Dakota. So, A, I'm glad that I'm not wrong. I'm glad that we're both wrong is, I guess, what I'm saying. Cool. Uh, But also, it's North and South Dakota are literally, like, next to Montana. Anyway, the point is, is they're very far from Hollywood at this point. I just want something clear. I don't think they are in North Dakota. No, they're clearly still in Albuquerque. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're in the. I think they're supposed to be in the Midwest somewhere. They spend ninety percent of this movie like just outside of just outside of like fucking I don't know Utah. Uh, Ralph is with them, which of course he is. But it is important to mention because the formal invitation was not really given to him on screen. Miss Piggy shows up again at this point, doesn't she? She does, and I I love this because she waves them down, and Fozzie stops. But, like, nobody is happy about this except kind of Kermit, no, who is he's, more... he's not happy about this because uh, she throws her, like, big-ass fucking suitcase on. Before, even before that, somebody, uh, I think Ralph says, do you think we should help her with her bag? And Guns <laughs> is like, uh, no. And, yeah, everyone just <laughs> watches her slowly get on the vehicle. Sits there. Yeah, like, they, they all know they're going to pick her up. But also, no one's lift. No one's moving an inch. Yes. And Miss Piggy looks at Kermit and says something along the lines of like, "A lot has happened since I last saw you." And Kermit, the fucking savage man that he is, is like, "Quite frankly, I don't care. Like, you've destroyed the structure of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just be oh. glad that you're back." It, this tension is so weird because it's really funny. Oh, it's great. I can, here's the thing, I felt like Rolf. Yeah. Where... I was like, what is it like when, like, you know two people have this weird-ass history? And, like, they're into each other, right? Yeah, they're still definitely into each other. They'll probably get together, this will probably be forgiven, but right now? At this right moment. fucking now? <laughs> this sucks. 
and we all need to just sit here with how much it sucks. Here's the thing, right, is today when that moment happens, I'm pulling out my fucking iPhone, right? That's not an option in 1979. What do you do? The only healthy relationship in this movie is between Camilla and Gosnell. They're, they're both always talking, but because Camilla's a chicken, you never really get to hear that conversation. Uh, so then the car breaks down, right? Yeah, the car breaks down in the desert. I told you it was a piece of shit. This is our down point in the movie, our low point, where Kermit's just not, he doesn't believe in himself anymore. Well, not only that. So the car is broken down, and uh, we didn't really establish this, and it's hard to say for certain that the movie established it very well, but there was like an end, there there was open interviews, or what do you call it when it's... Auditions. Open auditions for frogs, and they're not going to make them. Yeah, they're just not going to make the audition date, because it's tomorrow. And everybody is sad, and Kermit says, I didn't, I didn't promise anybody anything, we were just, we were just going to try. And Gonzo sings this, like, really surprisingly bittersweet song that's, like, about flying. Earlier in the movie, he accidentally flew and he grabbed hold of some balloons. Yeah, yeah, this is during the county fair. Oh my god, we completely forgot to mention the scene where they run into a billboard and then a a big-ass fucking pie gets thrown at Doc Doc KFC. That happens. Yeah, it does. It's, uh... It's really good. It's solid. Uh, also appears to be a real pie because Max eats some of it. You, God, I really you hope should it was not real put pie. that on your billboard. Oh, I bet it's got a lot of lead in it if it's not real pie. Well, then it would be sweet. There you go. So, uh, Gonzo sings this really bittersweet song about flying and how he won't fly again. Or it's like a feeling that's impossible to capture again. That's really a song about how they tried to follow their dreams and failed. And Kermit wanders off... To talk to the only person he can talk to to get him through these problems. This is himself. a shockingly strong scene. I really love this scene. I, I, I shout on it a little bit with that, but it is beautiful. Like this, First of all, this song has a line in it that I genuinely love, which is, uh, there is not a word yet for old friends who just met. Oh my god. That line is gorgeous. I like teared up. I was like, this is... What is this? What is this movie? And then the Kermit wanders off and he 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 keeps kind of this is kind of what he says over and over again which is I I didn't promise anyone anything. Kermit, dream Kermit, right? The frog on the log Kermit. This to me, and this is going to sound super fucking pretentious, but I genuinely mean this. This to me is like a good way to do an internal monologue in a way that like I think Shakespeare was trying to get across with his soliloquies. Well, it's a hard, definitely a harder thing to do on stage, right? Yeah, well, and that's the thing is on stage when you only have, you can only have one person, the The way mm-hmm. you do it is you just have them argue with themselves. And what the actors will usually do is they'll walk from one side of the stage to represent one point of view to the other side of the stage to represent the other point of view, which is why Hamlet paces a lot in Hamlet. But this is awesome. It's so beautiful to see like Kermit, the person who doesn't think this is possible and Kermit who wants to follow the dream having this discuss this genuine discussion of what a dream is and it sort of ends with you know Kermit's been saying this whole time I didn't promise anybody anything and he says I guess I promised myself and with that realization he heads back to the to the fire and the electric mayhem's here yeah they <laughs> how did they find them <laughs> they still had the script book and it said exterior desert night so they knew exactly where they were yeah exterior desert night there's like a small town in utah called that so that's just where they went 
Oh man, I really wish there was a small town in a desert called Exterior Desert Night. That'd be great. They they pile everybody out of the bus so they can get them to to Hollywood on time. But then when they they're driving, they get pulled over by Max committing a felony. This is probably the biggest crime that this movie commits is impersonating an officer. I'm not going to make that claim. I believe there are actually a lot of crimes committed. There's kidnapping. In terms of what's morally wrong, kidnapping is worse. But kidnapping isn't necessarily a federal crime unless you kidnap somebody over state lines. Hmm. Impersonating an officer, federal crime. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying the system is wrong. So Max pulls them over and tells them that Hopper's coming after them. And Kermit's like, nah, I'm going to face this guy. This, I'm not going to keep running from him all my life. So they go to this little ghost town with a full dead horse skeleton. (laughs) I don't know why that struck me so strong. And as soon as I drive in, it just collapses in on itself. It's great. It's a really good, it's a good bit. I love it. I love a good bit. And again, this, this has to be a reference to something. No idea what it is. Kermit gets out of the bus and is gonna, is gonna go face Doc Hopper alone, but then animal needs to go out for a walk so um i need to check i don't know the names of the individual muppets in the electric mayhem it's not the teeth guy who's taking him right no it is not dr teeth who i do know is it floyd pepper janice suit okay it's floyd it's floyd. Why does floyd pepper get two names but oh i know why pink floyd red hot chili peppers that's really funny zoot as in zoot suit these are all really good jokes actually Floyd might not be Red Hot Chili Peppers. It might be Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts. Because it is 1979, and I don't think the Red Hot Chili Peppers existed. So, so yes, Floyd and Animal also come with Kermit because Animal needs a walk. Which, again, what is his relationship? Is he their pet? I think so, basically. Let's just say yes. Uh, They go into this apparently abandoned saloon, which actually has Beaker and Honeydew in it, who I did not remember or expect to be in this movie when when they showed up my my reaction was oh those guys but this turned out to be my favorite scene in the movie (laughs) in terms of comedic timing uh because guys this is how you fucking do foreshadowing (laughs) do you want to know how to do foreshadowing this scene and the scene that comes after it or how you do it Chekhov walked so that this scene could run they're showing off a bunch of their inventions and one of their inventions are these like growth pills that can make anything that consumes it any size and as an example they have this like massive plum they say it's a failure because it doesn't like because it wears off but i think for a lot of uses that's really good yeah yeah there's plenty of things that you want to be big for a short amount of time if you're trying to if you're trying to like end world hunger that's not gonna work no but for a bunch of other stuff that could be very useful fuck you andy so what? <laughs> Why? What did I do? <laughs> I was agreeing with you. Oh, I just assumed the phrase there are plenty of things you want to be big for a short amount of time was gross. And I didn't want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't understand. It's the one time I was genuinely like, yeah, dude, you're absolutely right. Okay, but what's worse, Andy, that it's the one time you've genuinely been with me on okay, something? Okay, okay, but wait, when you say it like that, <laughs> maybe be right more often. Hurts. So, 
Kermit goes out to meet Doc Hopper. He gets these these boots and hat from somewhere, I guess. I think he just had... Kermit... So here's the thing. Kermit, earlier in this movie on his date, is wearing like a nice suit. He's wearing boots and a cowboy hat, which means Kermit chooses to go green. He can have clothes. He just doesn't want to. And frankly, there's nothing more American than that. (laughs) So he has this this face off where he basically explains the premise of the movie, which is that Doc Hopper's dream is not worth pursuing because he's pursuing it alone. I love how he starts this monologue, which is just like this tense stare down. He's like, what's wrong with you? Yes. (laughs) you're you're chasing a bunch of muppets across the country (laughs) and for what for your fucking stupid frog legs restaurant it really puts this movie in perspective and you talked about how his dream is worthwhile and we kind of we kind of went into why his dream is worthwhile already this scene really like nails down what the what the point of it is and he has this great end this great bow on top where he's like and I think you're a good person, and I think you want to let us go. And then Doc Hopper's like, okay, boys, shoot him. <laughs> oh, oh, we didn't talk about my favorite character, fucking uh, Metal Gear Solid Snake Walker, the greatest <laughs> frog hunter in America. And the reason we didn't talk about him is because he doesn't do shit in this he's movie. He's not a character. Do you know who he's fucking is? He's fucking, um... He's the, he's the, the, the... Uh, I'm not trying to think of his real name. I'm trying to think of a character that I that I immediately compared him to as soon as you started talking about him. Boba Fett. Yeah, he is Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. Yeah, he's just cool. Yeah, he's just cool, and then doesn't do shit for shit. He does. He does absolutely. In fact, Boba Fett does more than him because at least Boba Fett jumped into a fucking pit, uh, fucking bantha pit and died, or whatever the fuck that mouth in the desert's called. Well, this guy just leaves. He just starlight. leaves. Yeah. Which, to be fair. I would leave too. Absolutely. <laughs> because here's the thing, right? Is what, two seconds ago we were talking about these massive growth pills. Do you know who was looking, eyeing those growth pills? This fucking 500 foot animal. And as in the Muppet. Because he just <laughs> bursts out of the ceiling like fucking Godzilla and starts roaring his head off. And everyone's like, yeah, no, time for us to leave this movie, actually. Now, here's my question for you, Tony. Did they build a giant animal head? I don't think so, right? Right, they just built a small building and burst animal through it. Because that must be a thing they do all the time, is build buildings that are about the size for a Muppet to use. Okay, but I don't know. It really feels like they could have at least built a larger-than-average animal head. For this specific shot. Because if it was just Animal the Muppet, wouldn't they have gotten his hands out there too? Here's the great thing about the Muppets though, is the magic is that you don't know, right? You don't know. And believe me, I did extensive Googling and could not find an answer. So I'm going to believe that they just built a fucking life-size 500-foot animatronic animal head for this one (laughs) shot. Because who's going to prove me wrong? Who would want to? Then they get to Hollywood, right? They get to Hollywood. They get to Hollywood. There's some normal driving, dri- driving past famous sites and all that. Whatever. Classic Hollywood montage. They they get into the. Uh, I forget who this guy is. The the head of World. What is it? Worldwide Studios or something like that. 
Yeah, something like that. And his name is Lou Lord, a studio executive. Okay. They make his secretary sneeze until she lets him in. They literally, like, they practically inject her with bee venom <laughs> so that she'll let her, so that she'll just let him into his office. And I lost my goddamn fucking mind when Orson Welles <laughs> is sitting in a chair smoking a cigar like he's fucking Citizen Kane. Like, I, dude, I legit paused the movie and started yelling in my house. Like, I was hyped for Orson Welles. And not only is Orson Welles in this movie, unlike, like, 90% of other movies that he's in, where he kind of looks like he's drinking 50 whiskeys and calling it a day, he looks like he's having a good time. (laughs) He has one line, but he delivers that line. And it is my, hands down, I think my favorite cameo line in the entire movie. He just leans forward and he just, like, Get me the standard rich and famous contract. (laughs) <laughs> he says his exact line because i love it so much it's so good is, prepare the standard rich and famous contract for kermit the frog and company orson wells says the words kermit the frog and i genuinely don't think people understand how big orson wells was because i don't and i try to but here's the thing about orson wells though that makes me find this incredibly funny is that that was that's what his career was he he did stage plays at his college and literally before he graduated a dude in hollywood was like i'm gonna give you as much money as you want to make a movie because you're so amazing and I want you to be rich and famous for the rest of your life. And Orson Welles was like, (laughs) cool. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to make the greatest movie of all time. (laughs) And that was the beginning of his career. So if anyone is allowed to give somebody a rich and famous contract, it is Orson motherfucking Welles, the largest man in Hollywood, physically and metaphorically, because he is a very large man. The movie sort of ends with them making the movie. Yes. Well, and then ruining the movie. And a scene that must have been really fun, destroying, like absolutely destroying this whole movie set that they made. There, There is a point where it looks like they literally aimed a cannon 90 degrees vertical and fired <laughs> it into the ceiling because they were told they could not destroy the warehouse, but they really <laughs> wanted to. Like, it really sounds to me like Jim Henson was like, can we destroy this building? And someone said no. And he said, can we destroy the rafters? And they said, sure. Look, just tell me what can be destroyed on this building. Fair warning, it will be destroyed. Somebody just took a magic marker and drew a circle on the roof. That, that's it. That's all you're allowed. And he's like, all right. Get a reprise of Rainbow Connection. With an, with an actual rainbow. This has to be, I think, the most extensive Muppet shot in history because it has like 250 Muppet characters and 137 people were enlisted along with the already like 23 cat Muppeteers to do this scene. So 150 people are standing in like a fucking, the, this pit holding up all of these Muppets. It is amazing. Oh, what a good movie. 10 out of 10. This is, I think, one of the most feel-good movies I've seen in a long time. It just made me happy to watch it. It is the Muppet movie to me. Like I said, there are other Muppet movies that I like more. But if you say the Muppet movie, this will always be sort of the quintessential... It tells a story that feels very Muppets and has a theme that feels very Muppets. 
and the whole thing is like okay this is the muppets i get it it works you know and there's there's never a point where it doesn't and i feel like there are some like jokes in the next movie that don't quite work or there's like okay so like the plot of the next movie is fucking weird right (laughs) yeah well so when we'll get to it but but like that's not true for this one we gotta start in on this other movie I liked this movie more than the last one after I just accepted that it wasn't going to be a movie. Or after I accepted that it wasn't going to be the movie that I wanted it to be, which was Muppet Impossible, Muppets 11. If you call your movie the great Muppet caper and Muppets aren't capering, change the name of your movie. Uh, caping. I'm going to stick with capering, actually. I'm going to take a stand on that one. Capering sounds like they're dancing. Yeah, so caping sounds like they're just doing the Dracula thing. Here is my problem with The Great Muppet Caper. Mm -hmm. The best line in The Great Muppet Caper, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. is, They're going to steal the baseball diamond. (laughs) Here's the problem. The problem is, the baseball diamond is mentioned 800 times. To the point where the phrase the baseball diamond is no longer a joke. Which makes it not okay. Here's my bigger problem with this movie, my meta problem with this movie, is that this London feels a lot like New York. <laughs> like how like how nobody here has an English accent except for fucking John Cleese? Yeah, in, in what feels like, in a scene that feels like a very long uh, Monty Python sketch. But a good Monty Python A good Python Monty Python, Python sketch. sketch, not a bad one, a good one. With... My favorite payoff of the entire movie. (laughs) No, Uh, but also, it's London. They're not going to call it the baseball diamond. They're going to call it the fucking cricket diamond or whatever. The tennis diamond. That's a good point. The baseball diamond stops making sense when the movie takes place in London, where most of the movie takes place. And here's the thing is, this movie could have easily... Here's... Oh my god, it was actually shot in Great Britain and London. That's awesome. This was shot on location. It would almost have to be, because it actually did have a lot of British actors in it. It did. They just didn't say much. We start on... A bunch of um, hot air balloons. We sort of get an insight into the three main characters, even now as they're talking. As we mentioned before, Kermit is a leader and Fozzie is a follower. But what we didn't really get out of the last movie is that Gonzo's insane. And if you watch The Muppet Show, you get that. But Gonzo's nuts. The first two minutes of this movie, Gonzo was really speaking to my soul. When he's talking about just, like, jumping out of this hot air balloon. (laughs) And Kermit's, like, plummeting. I suppose you could try it once. (laughs) Which I really like. It's a good line. Try what? Plummeting? Gonzo's favorite thing is endangering himself. No, but I totally get it. Like, whenever I'm in a high place, all I can think about is, what if I just fucking leaped? And, And the reason I don't do it is because I know I'll die. But if I was Gonzo and I knew that I was made of Muppet... I do, I do it every day. <laughs> what would stop me? My mortality? I'm a Muppet. I'm going to be fine. Also, they do something way more dangerous than jumping out of a hot air balloon two minutes into this movie, which is not crashing a hot air balloon. But they do crash a hot air balloon. But they do crash a hot air Well, that's that's another good joke where it's like, when does the movie start? Oh, we just pull this string and then it causes the hot air balloon to just deflate. They have a whole big musical number about how they're making a movie. They do this big dance number. Sweetums cannot catch a break. Oh, man. A- after spending the entirety of the last movie. 
I don't know why in the classic Muppet movies, Sweetums is like literally stepped on. Literally it's stepped weird. on. It's weird. By the villain of this movie. And we'll get to this villain. He's not a good villain. He's also not British. I hate this villain, not because he's a bad villain, but because his motivation doesn't make any sense to me. He doesn't have a motivation. He literally says as much. I just, yes. It's it's not him that I dislike. It's his sister. And I don't dislike his, I do dislike his sister, but I, I dislike that they're siblings. The thing is, is that they're supposed to be siblings, but I agree with him. And he should totally be robbing this woman blind. She kind of sucks. She does suck. But there's no reason for them to be siblings. What I wanted this movie to be is, this guy is robbing this woman blind. He's actually a con artist pretending to be her dead brother, which is why he sucks, A, and B, sounds American. No. 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 And then the Muppets help him. No. Andy, we cannot have a third movie in two episodes with the same plot. Because you just described the Adams Family movie. Okay, now I know that, but in this one, the person who's the con artist wins. Alternatively, make a Muppet her brother. Yes, that would make sense. That would make as much sense as anything else, because the opening scene in this... By the way, what I I, I actually love is that um, Fozzie, Kermit, and Gonzo explain their roles in the movie before the movie starts they're like we're actors this is our role in this movie and i really i really dig that i do think it's really cool that these movies take the time to talk to the kids who are clearly going to be watching these movies and letting them in on the joke of the movie but something that is better than all of that is the fact that kermit and fozzy are identical twins identical twins well because he doesn't have his hat on go ahead put your hat on Oh, also Jack Warden. I assume he's a beloved character actor. I don't know this guy. He has one of the best performances in the film. I super wish that we had more time at this newspaper. He is their boss. He really sort of feeds into the Muppet energy, both with like when to go along with the jokes and when to like completely stomp on them. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's great. He gets the comedic timing to a T, and he has this running bit where every time he slams his desk, one thing just inexplicably goes <laughs> flying too high in the air, and he just looks at it like, the hell? The only reason he hired them is because he was friends with their dad, and he shows them this picture. This, this picture, Photoshop didn't exist in 1981, <laughs> but but I cannot explain how L unless they made this. They and, had to have and, made and it, this right? is just sitting in a warehouse somewhere, waiting to be claimed by history. But it looks so ridiculous because it's just like Fozzie Bear, but made of green, uh-huh. and Kermit's face where his face should be. And he's got the little, like, Kermit, whatever you call it. I was going to call it a rough, which is how I would describe it. But he's a frog. So, like, what the hell is it? But, you know, it's it's thick. Is what? I don't know. It looks like a triangular mane. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get, okay, I get what you're talking about. Yes, yes, he also has that. It's great. It's wonderful. I have no fault with this first scene. I wish that the rest of this movie was, like, about them getting the news and that there was more shit with this guy. Right? Because he's the best. I wanted it to be like they were Peter Parker. (laughs) And he was demanding Spider-Man pics. I I need you to go get me pictures of this this mysterious frog superhero. (laughs) Uh, Kaputsing around New York. 
Yes. There, there yes. are two. Yes, other- I. Yes, yes, I. Yes, I would watch that movie. <laughs> I have pitched- I'm sorry. Stop for a second. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Why? You know what? Actually, now that I think about it, why ha- this? The time was ten years ago when a Muppet superhero Kermit movie. jumping around Fozzie could have super strength he's already a bear no Piggy's no. got super strength Gonzo would just constantly be injured because that's already Gonzo's no, but, but Gonzo, stick Gonzo isn't actually a superhero though he's just a guy like he doesn't have superpowers he just keeps throwing himself yep. in yep 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 what the hell is Fozzie I don't know but like somebody could make this work it wouldn't even be hard this this movie should have existed years ago you are absolutely right they could do the classic superman thing where kermit's wearing like the newspaper reporter outfit and he like opens up the shirt and it's got like a k on it or something oh but what if kermit doesn't have a costume oh he just take he just opens up the shirt he just takes and- his clothes off ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm just saying i would very much watch this movie <laughs> I have to assume whatever the name of the movie is. Like, I don't, I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. But when he opens up his shirt, that's what comes out of his, like, shirt into the title screen. But yeah, for the whole movie, he's just, he's just, Kermit is his superhero. And his secret identity is, like, Lermit or something. <laughs> Lermit. I love it. I'm just a mild-mannered reporter. But that's, that's the thing. I want this reporter energy it's really good this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie and it's right at the beginning a lot like how i was frustrated with babe pig in the city for not being about herding sheep i was really mad about this movie for not being about reporting the news they have this plan to get their job back after they're fired for what happened was during the musical sequence lady holiday's diamonds got stolen and Every other newspaper reported on it, and they completely missed it. They reported on them getting their job. On themselves. But here's the thing, is you're the fucking editor of this newspaper, and you- put it on the front page. And you okayed this being on the front page? Surely another reporter came up to you and was like, hey, boss, what about this diamond thing? So you have immediately started applying logic to this movie. Right, I'm sorry. And I'm it sorry. will fall apart. Here's, you're and absolutely right. That's not because it, it's not because it's poorly made. It's because at no point did they want you to apply logic. No, to no, it. but that, you're absolutely right. It's Usually it's like, oh, you can't apply logic to this terrible movie. This is like, you can't apply logic to this movie because it's this is not how what I, it is. I, I need to be absolutely clear. I do not think that this is a problem. This is fucking hilarious. The thing is, is when it comes to a newspaper, the buck stops at him and he was willing to cash in this front page. So they get fired. They have this plan to get their jobs back, which is to go to England. Go to London. Interview Lady Holiday about her jewels and that's it. Hopefully write a good enough story to get their jobs back. As we mentioned in the last movie, part of their shtick is they don't have any money. So they go as... Animals. As I yeah, I guess his animals is like luggage basically. Fozzie's box is labeled bear. Kermit's is labeled frog, but Gonzo's is labeled whatever in quotes. <laughs> I didn't notice the quotes. So they're all thrown out of a plane. Out of a plane, they crash into a pond. There's a duck who gives a pretty good reaction. Usually when people ask me, hey, like what superpower do you want? My go-to for the last ten years has been teleportation. Super handy. 
very useful. I think I'm going to change my mind to being a Muppet. Because <laughs> you could just get thrown out of the plane. You can. And also, being very poor isn't a problem. Because when you're a Muppet, goodwill and cheer actually does make things better. And I really want that. <laughs> I'm so tired. So they go... <laughs> After a cameo from um, some British actor I can't remember now. I recognize this British man from something. I would not be able to tell you what it was. He tells them to go to the... What do they call the hotel? The Happy Time Hotel? It's just Happiness Hotel. Maybe. Happiness Hotel. You're absolutely right. They go to the Happiness Hotel. So this will be a recurring bit that the Muppets cannot exit vehicles in this movie because they go to the Happiness Hotel by bus and are again just thrown out as it is moving. I don't know what it is about Muppets, but watching them just getting flung around is absolutely enthralling. There is something to how they flop that is fascinating to watch they go into the hotel they they, there's this whole welcome song we get sam the eagle popping out to say you are all weirdos you you are all weirdos i cherished those three seconds because i i didn't know i was gonna get another sam the eagle has two lines and they are both solid then i get i think we just go to lady holiday i don't know about you but i immediately hated her so she's supposed to be this like fashion designer right coco chanel but british Right. But she's just walking around telling all of these women that they look terrible. And then she calls her assistant and says, we have to redo our entire fashion lineup before we start tomorrow. Which fucking lady, listen, this shit should have been locked down months ago. Do you know how hard it is to do a fashion lineup like this? The time it takes to set this up? Have you not seen the amazing TV show on Netflix, Seven Days Out? Like, it is a bitch. You are wasting everybody's time. (laughs) And her lineup isn't even that good. It is extremely basic. We're not there yet, I know, but this shit would not fly. Not even in 1981. Like, you need to step up your fashion game, lady, all right? Fucking, this is lowbrow Sears level shit that you're fucking waltzing around. So I immediately hated Lady Holiday. She plays like, um, I'll get to this comparison in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I already hate Lady Holiday, but also she's right. All of those clothes look hideous. (laughs) They were like, they were all so terrible and they do get slightly better by the end in that they look like normal clothes. They do not. I'm sorry. But like right here, it's all like, capes like full cover-up capes she's the designer that's the thing she's right she makes some terrible clothes maybe she's stressed out because of all of her missing diamonds you know what then you put this shit on hold until you take care of your missing diamonds and then miss piggy walks in and is straight up and will constantly be in this movie in a different genre so here's the thing is there are three movies happening in this movie all right four there's okay so this is what it is miss piggy is like anne hathaway in any of her movies that's not a rom-com it's double, and she's lady in holiday double yes is any of anne hathaway's bosses Meryl Streep. Thank you. I was like, who was the amazing actress in Devil Wears Prada? It was Meryl Streep. I could only think of Anne Hathaway. <laughs> and she's always, she's never the boss She's those. never, well, uh, I think. So maybe she is by maybe now. Maybe by I now. Know. I would hope by now 
She is the boss. <laughs> anyway, so Lady Holiday plays like a like a villain in one of those... I don't even know what genre that is. Because it's not a genre I watch and I wouldn't know how to define it. If you've seen any movie about the fashion industry, you know who this woman is. She's the head of the fashion line who's constantly like sniping at people and nothing's ever fast enough for her, right? Like, like living on this level of extremeness. We don't get to her... There's no conclusion to that. Like finally standing up to her or finally appreciating her or nothing because miss piggy decides to stop being in that movie and start being <laughs> in a romantic piggy comedy ends up in a different movie not a romantic comedy what you said is also wrong because by the time she actually enters this movie for real she is in an action flick that none of the other Muppets are in. Oh, no, 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 no. Before she gets to be in that action movie. There, she is for a little while in a romantic comedy. She's pretending to Where be there's a weird love triangle. Yeah, where there is the weirdest love triangle. Who did this? You cannot have a real-life physical man fall in love with a Muppet. I refuse. It's oh, Andy, this is very common for Miss Piggy. I know, but that is everybody I'm... loves Miss Piggy. But I don't. This guy is like making like faces, and he's like two inches away from her face. Everybody loves. Ms. No, Piggy. but Tony, there is a scene later in this movie that has a lot of weird energy that where he's like holding onto her, and she's like afraid of yeah, him, and that's that what I don't cool. need. Or when he's dancing with her and they're like pra- they're like this close to kissing and Kermit's watching and he's like, I'm going to murder that man. Lady Holiday is terrible, but she does hire Miss Piggy despite Miss Piggy not having, like the only thing she shows her is a bunch of model shots of her doing the exact same pose which is a good in joke. different clothing. But she does hire her as a secretary, which is again, this is just a different movie. And then uh, we find out a little bit about the villains, whatever, I don't care. She, she literally in like two sentences sentences explains the plot of the movie but in a way that kind of makes you realize oh the, the this doesn't matter because this isn't what the, the plot of the movie about. is a joke it's kind of my biggest problem with the movie i don't need a movie to take itself seriously but i do need a movie to have a story because it was so obvious i kept waiting it for there to be like a like a comedy twist at the end no there really wasn't though it was just straightforward we told you everything that was going to happen and then it happened yeah and then it happens and i'm like well it, it's still the jokes are still funny but the overarching meta joke is not funny because it never commits to a punchline and so instead what happens is we get these like four different movies floating around and then a cup one of them just crashing into each other yeah crashing literally crashing into each other literally jumping through a stained glass into each other (laughs) kermit shows up after lady holiday leaves and mistakes miss piggy for lady holiday and she does this great terrible thing i love this where we're like and she's like okay i'm lady holiday you want me to be lady holiday whatever and he asks to pick her up for her date for a date and he asks where she lives and she says guess and he says some highbrow street and he's like she's like exactly highbrow street guess the number 17 yes 17 highbrow street which is a terrible plan why don't you make him like meet you in a park or something yeah why don't well i mean tony first of all you never ask anybody especially a guy to meet you at a park that's like isolated 
You want to meet in like a coffee shop. A park is a public park is not necessarily ice. At night, maybe. they're in London. The only other people who are going to be at that park are other people getting crimes committed at them. Also, Go it meet somebody need in a to coffee be shop. At night. The idea of having the date at four thirty was floated. So. <laughs> it could have been a brunch. <laughs> But they decided to go all the way into dinner. Well, it's eight, which is like, I feel like also late for dinner. So late for dinner. No, not to me. I eat my, I'm going to be honest. I eat my dinner at 10. But if I'm going out to dinner, that happens at 6, 7.30. Yeah, because you want to be home. Yes, exactly. Because I want to be home to eat my real dinner at 10. <laughs> because At like midnight. That's my deal. Be, not because I don't want to go eat dinner but because if i go eat dinner with a lot of sometimes i go eat dinner with people and i'm not hungry because i'm so full of social anxiety so i'll just take it to go and i'll microwave it later that's not the point kermit has a date and then everybody at the highbrow hotel finds out he has this date because he tells fozzy about it fozzy is so terrible at keeping a secret that the moment he says don't worry i'll keep this secret for you muppet nightly news is reporting it like <laughs> how bad <laughs> Just a great guy. like went back in time to ruin it. It's a decent musical number when Kermit's getting all dressed up to go out with Lady Holiday. I like the shadow gag only because that's another thing where I'm like, how did they do that? <laughs> like clearly that's like a trick of light, but still it's a lot of fun. And Fozzie in a move that I almost could not fathom berates Kermit into, into allowing him to come along. Now here's the thing, right? Is Kermit... Kermit, you gotta lay down the law, my dude. Listen, has my little brother ever asked to go on a date with me? No, because he respects my privacy. But if he did, I would say maybe. But that's not the point. You, that, you should the, say no. It's such a weird request that it's hard to say you definitely say no. Yeah, right? because if he asks, I'm like, what? Why? What? I, are you like scared <laughs> something's gonna happen? I don't want this to happen, but you're. this is such a weird thing to ask of me. Like a double date situation. That's not crazy, right? Yeah. That feels like, then it's like slightly lower stress than a regular date. Yeah, then what's happening is I'm driving my brother to his date and I'm bringing my girlfriend along so I don't feel <laughs> weird is what you just described. <laughs> so that I have something to do and someone to hang out oh, with. Oh no, Andy, you gotta, you gotta really bathe in that third wheel no, energy. No, never again. Do you want to know how I watched Wreck-It Ralph? Here's how I watched Wreck-It Ralph. Is a buddy of mine asked me, hey man, I'm going to go watch Wreck-It Ralph. Do you want to come? And I was like, hell yeah. You're like one of my best friends at the time. Let's go watch this movie. And I, when he comes to pick me up, there is a girl in his car. I was not informed of this. And she was mad at him. And I realized she thought this was a date. And he brought me along to make her know it wasn't. I was used. Oh, that is bleak. And that was my whole... I could not pay attention to this movie because this woman was staring daggers into me. Well, see, that's that's not even real third wheel energy. I wanted to, like, somehow let her know, listen, I'm, I was tricked too. This isn't my fault, <laughs> I swear. This isn't my fault, I swear. Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> I was so mad at him. I never went to a movie with him again unless I knew three other people were involved. Like, you're not doing this to me again, motherfucker. Oh, I felt so used. I felt so dirty. Why not just tell her you didn't want to go on a date, coward? That is so much different than what this situation no, is. No, I, I know, but that's what you, <laughs> what you described. Like, I, I like had like a, like a, like a, like a, a what? PTSD I was flashback. talking about sorry was when like I go out 
with, like, one of my siblings and their significant others. Yeah, that's different. Also, like, unlike this, not a first date. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, this not this was not a first date, very clearly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That is great. That is wonderful. Anyway, Fozzie ends up... Well, so, but here's the thing, right, is once Fozzie comes along, Gonzo's fucking coming, too. Fozzie thinks that the invitation to him, which is still Kermit allowing his twin brother to come with him, means that everybody is invited. Which, here's the thing, right? Again, if I got asked out on a date, I'm not bringing my identical twin with me for multiple reasons. So it's multiple reasons there are two of you. The... Ah, that's really good but no but one, <laughs> one of the reasons is is for for the sake of doing a really funny joke later on that doesn't emotionally hurt anyone gotta keep that in my back pocket but <laughs> i <laughs> but also i don't want to bring my identical twin along and have competition because as far as i know the only thing this woman likes about me is the way i look and now she's got a fucking buffet of choices well that was kind of a gross thing you just said so <laughs> i know but so the, <laughs> so you don't bring your identical twin along to a eliminate competition and b potentially have a good bit to do later on am i a terrible person yes maybe but that's not the point <laughs> I firmly believe this. Breaking into 17 Highbrow Street was an unnecessary step. You could have waited outside the front door. <laughs> These people apparently never go outside, so it would have worked. I think one. I think the lady literally mentions not having left the house in years. In 12 years, yeah. Oh my god, I can't. That That is like a dream to me, if I could stay in my house for 12 years. What? It's just that we're similar in so many ways. <laughs> That it's a little bit scary. But also very different in so many ways. The difference between me and you is I don't want to be in solitary confinement. I want to be allowed to leave. I just, I'm never going to do it. So John Cleese has this great line. There's a pig climbing up the, climbing up the house. And he sort of delivers it like that in that sort of weird, tired way I just delivered it. Because it's in the middle of like an awkward conversation about the weather with his wife. With his wife. I love how there's this image of upper crust English people that I guess has just been around since the Revolutionary War. There's a lot of antics here, but Piggy answers the door when Kermit knocks and he he has a line, I thought you said the pets were dead, <laughs> which I really loved. And earlier he says, the butler's dead. And his wife says, no, the pets are dead. No, the pets the are butler's dead. been discharged. Which is a choice of word that makes it sound like they killed the butler. Okay, so Piggy takes Kermit on a tour of the house so as not to give away that she's not really Lady Holiday. Uh-huh, give up the gamut. And, like, drags him into a closet where John Cleese finds them. He's holding, like, a poker, like a fireplace poker. Uh-huh. And, like, you know, if if you see somebody in your house, you can, like, hit, strike them. And then he does what I think the joke is, is a very British thing, where he sort of hides it behind his back and says, Don't think me rude, but is there, in fact, anything I can do for you at all? <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to be a bother, but is there anything we can do for you at all? And they get a restaurant off of him and head out. Uh, well, it... it, it... It's more of a supping club. Oh, yes, I tried to explain that to them. <laughs> what does his wife say to him after he says that? She's like, well, well it's not your fault, dear. Yeah, like, like don't blame yourself. Yeah, don't something. blame yourself. It's like... 
I love John Cleese and this woman. They go to this restaurant where the real Lady Holiday is with her brother. And I don't know what movie this guy thinks he's acting in. (laughs) He does bring a very weird vibe to the movie, doesn't he? Every time he's on screen, he's moving in a way that makes me think he's a contortionist or very (laughs) drunk. Not sure which, but there's like a point at this point in the movie where they're playing music and he starts dancing. And for a moment, I thought, is he pretending to be drunk? But then he gets up and he's still dancing. And I'm like, what is he having like a stroke or something? (laughs) And then he starts walking away and he's still dancing. And I'm like, oh, he's dancing to the music. Because he's not moving to the rhythm in a way that like makes sense. And his neck's doing this weird thing, even when he's not dancing, where he's like leaning into people. This man has like a weird way he holds his body and I don't like it. But then he stops doing it once the heist movie starts. Piggy and Kermit have this whole dance number and there's this whole dance number around Piggy and around this guy. This fucking guy. Meanwhile, Gonzo is constantly taking pictures of patrons in order to get $10 off of each of them, it seems like. Well, they gotta pay for this dinner somehow. He seems to think this will be enough to pay for this dinner, which, from context clues, I don't think it will be. Probably not, but I guess they got off with a free dinner after the events of the night. Yes, I I gather they all kind of just slipped away. So fucking Charlie's Angels show up. Yeah, these are weird characters, too, because I feel like there's nothing to them either. No, other than that they hate their boss which we have agreed makes sense well there's nothing to their boss either they're all like caricatures more than anything yeah which is i feel like the opposite of a way a muppet movie should be shots which is the muppet should be should be like more caricatures and the regular human should feel more grounded yeah because they're people the only human being who should act like a muppet is steven seagal and that's just because of how he is i said steven seagal that is not his name did you mean jason siegel i meant jason siegel what's the name of that guy Mm. danny devito okay what about danny devito i think danny devito acts like a muppet i i yes you are absolutely correct and i was wrong dan two people (laughs) so Gonzo snaps a picture of them taking the jewels Mm. when the lights go out. Somebody yells that Lady Holiday's jewels have been taken, which makes Miss Piggy run off because she's been found out. She leaves behind a glass slipper because sure, why not? Because you know what? This is a Cinderella story. It's not. It's just the addition of another kind of movie in this movie. That's kind of the end of that scene. And then we get to an improvised dark room. Filmmaking rule. Never show an improvised dark room if you're not going to ruin a photo. There's no other reason to have an improvised dark room other than to have a door open and the light hits the photo and your evidence is gone. Uh, which is what happens. They get a they but so that means the muppets know the muppets literally know all four of the bad guys at this point they know that lady holiday's brother stole the jewel and gave it to those three women yes i'm not in love with that especially because like you said earlier there's no real twist to it i wholly expected the sister to be in on it and that she was going to show up at the end of the movie holding like a massive revolver but maybe the adams family gave me too much to hope for but then Kermit goes out onto a bench to be sad. We get, who the hell is this? Because this, this is, is Columbo. This is uh... Peter Falk literally doing his Columbo bit where he's like, hey, let me, I'm going to tell you exactly this what happened what to you. Happened. This is what happened to you, okay? You, you, here's, 
Here's what you did, all right? You went and you decided to go in with your brother on this little, uh, this little, uh, what is it? A laundromat, right? Dry cleaning uh, but this, business. But, an, but another dry cleaning business opens up down the street, and they're doing lower prices. They're cutting off all of your pay. Your partner, he comes at you. He's like, I want to buy out. Your wife, you're not coming home as much. Your kids, they don't love you. He, he goes off on this amazing story that ends. It is A plus storytelling. I love Columbo. And to see Peter Falk just walk on screen doing the Columbo thing, I was like in awe. This was the funniest bit, especially because it ends with, so what did you do, huh? You bought out and you took what little money you had left and you went into a glass slipper business. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. And Kermit says... Have all our listeners seen the newest Star Star Wars Wars movie? I... (laughs) 100% of everything you just said was wrong. I want, I want, I want, I need Kermit as Luke Skywalker. Can this happen? Disney owns both. They can do this to us. Piggy shows up. I guess she's just at the park and he confronts her. After Columbo leaves. They have it out and she starts begging for him to forgive her. And he goes, Piggy, Piggy, you're overacting. There is a line that she has where, because they start arguing. This is where I was, this was the like, oh, I'm in my, I'm at my friend's house and his parents are arguing moment. Uh She says, I'm playing 800 different parts. And Kermit says, well, try to play at least one of them right. (laughs) (laughs) And, And that was a line that cut so deep that I was like, oh, I need to leave. I have to go. They, they're just like fighting and fighting. They're like, and Kermit's like, okay, let's get back to the movie. And they just like go back into it. <laughs> oh, what a good bit. We get that Muppet bike tech back. Not only just Kermit, there are many, maybe all of the current Muppets on bikes in this scene. It is crazy. And cherry on top, there are humans riding bikes around them. So you know it's not like miniatures. Or something like that. These are life-size Muppets. Then I think we go back to Lady Holiday and her brother. Lady Holiday is... Here's the thing. Whatever else you believe about this terrible person, you need to know that she is the perfect rube. She is just literally the worst. So this is the fashion show. There's a better time to mention that. It's at the end of the fashion show. Yeah. So th- there's this fashion show. This is when we get that weird scene in between in in between this dude and and Piggy. You know what I don't need in my Muppet movie is this man grabbing Miss Piggy and like shaking her. Like, you're gonna wanna be with me. You've made a big mistake. Like, what the fuck is this movie? What movie do these does this guy think he's in right now? Because he <laughs> is acting like he's in a lifetime original movie where he plays the shitty ex-husband. Yeah, that's sort of that's sort of the energy here, and I don't love I it. I don't like it. I do like the energy he has when again, when the other movie starts. <laughs> so he and the girls devise this plan, which is for one of them to basically take a fall, mm-hmm. like in soccer, when somebody walks near you. <sighs> ah! Oh no! Oh, yes. I seem to and be get Miss Piggy injured. to go out in her place. This is, I think, where this actor does a good job because he like is holding this woman, and and he's like, "No, no Miss Piggy." you must take her place and like fake acting in a way that's really funny. And then Miss Piggy straight up drops this woman like she's a dead body. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, 
So Miss Piggy has to take the stage. Yeah, and she does terribly. The sort of joke of Miss Piggy is that everybody does find her attractive. Mm -hmm. Either in this creepy way from this one dude or from a more Marilyn Monroe platonic celebrity kind of love yeah yes and she in this scene does not live up to that she has this whole dream sequence song and ends up diving into a fountain I guess I love this dream sequence song because I get dueling opera between Kermit and this fucking guy (laughs) this is where the line all the world ever wanted was you where both of them are singing it at her but they're like both trying to outsing the other. Yes. I want that movie. <laughs> there are a lot of movies that this movie touched and like could have been, and I sort of wish that they had picked one. I don't remember Phantom of the Opera that well because it's a bad movie, but I do know that in Phantom of the Opera, there isn't a scene where the Phantom and that other fucking guy try to outsing each other. Just the regular dude. Yeah. <laughs> Just the like regular dude that she likes for some reason. That, I, but I, I so. assume that she likes him because he's a regular dude and not a fucking <laughs> basement a golem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd take a regular dude any day over this fucking weirdo. You're right. I think the regular dude was the guy that Wishbone played in Wishbone, so. I would hope so. <laughs> what I remember is I remember the Phantom's face in Wishbone. If, and if I remember the Phantom's face, then it wasn't Wishbone. Is he tiny? Right? Yeah, well, cause, uh, but also I do want Wishbone with like a little tiny broken opera mask. A little tiny his, little mask. On his little dog face. Oh, little dog face. This is the part where Lady Holiday is the perfect rube because. Oh my god. Pretty fucking clearly, her brother put a jacket on Miss Piggy. And Miss Piggy immediately reaches in and said, This isn't mine. And there's Lady Holiday's necklace without the diamonds. And she's like, You stole my diamonds! And it's like, What the fuck, Holiday? You dumb bitch. In the beginning, you talked about how your brother would definitely steal your diamonds from you. I know, but I love this because as the police who are just there at this fashion show, I guess, waiting for crime to happen. Well, actually, that kind of makes sense. She keeps getting her shit stolen. That's true. I think at this point, it makes sense that the police are following her around. They're taking Miss Piggy away and she's being interviewed by this reporter. And the reporter's like, will you hire any more pigs? And she's like, well, I shall certainly have to think about it. Like, what kind of fucking Seto Kaiba ass answer is that? Like... (laughs) Hey, in any other movie, that's the most racist-ass thing I've ever heard. But it's a Muppet movie, so she's not actually a race, she's a pig. Yeah, but it's still... Mr. Kaiba, will you ever hire an Egyptian again? I've said before, (laughs) no problem with Egyptians. I think they're a great people with great culture. It's these magicians who happen to be Egyptian that I'm not hiring. I wish I had the chops to write the song Egyptian Magician. I just do. You're you're just trying to make it sound like I think Egyptians suck. Then of course a quote, I think Egyptians suck <laughs> is all Kaiba. over the news. And Mokuba's like, this is why you gotta do PR training. You just go around saying shit. Why don't you just build another space elevator and I'll talk to the press from <laughs> now on? Why don't you just go to your boyfriend's dimension and never come back this time? How <laughs> about you fucking stay there? Damn. <laughs> Where's that movie? Right? Oh, it's coming, man. It has to be. Gonzo gets to hear the brother's master plan because he's too busy fucking feeding his kneecap fetish. Don't kink shame Gonzo. He's weird. And he he doesn't have his girlfriend in this one. What a weird thing to know about a Muppet. I was just sitting around down there taking a picture of people's knees. 
for my he take okay here's the plan the plan is to go into the to the museum and steal the baseball diamond mm-hmm. great whatever kermit gives this big speech to all the muppets and he says he says there's, there's gonna be like danger and gunplay and all this and other physical stuff. violence and if anybody is out say it now and they people just start going i'm out <laughs> This joke is done in, like, everything ever, but I love it every time where everyone's like, we're not going to do this. This is terrible. This is crazy. And then... But the thing I love about it is I think it really works for the Muppets. Because part of the joke for the Muppets is, yeah, they're going to end up doing it. They're the Muppets. Also, the fact that they get Gonzo to do the speech that gets everyone on board is peak comedy. And then... We get Sam the Eagle popping his head out of his hotel room again to say, at times times like this make me proud to be an American. What are you doing in London? A line that makes no fucking you sense. You patriotic motherfucker. And I love it to death. It's amazing. <laughs> oh. So this heist seems to be way above the villain's pay grade. Oh, they got fucking, well, I mean, this is what they were stealing all those diamonds for. So they were stealing these diamonds, right? But they were like they were like literally stealing them off of the neck of Lady Holiday. Yes. I did not think that they were actually set up to do Ocean's 11. They got fucking grappling hooks. We got fucking like scanners and radar guns and like uh, just a bunch of like hacking stuff. We get hacking in this movie that came out pre-computers pretty much. I mean, I think that computers in the internet. Yeah, the Macintosh just came out, so yeah. But this is like a dual scene where the villains are going over everything they need for their plan. The Muppets are going over everything they need for their plan, and the Muppets don't have most of what they need for their plan. And also, a lot of the stuff is like peanut butter, yo-yos, whoopee cushion. I love the whoopee cushion because they say whoopee cushion. Somebody says, "I think it's on the bus," which is great because it's like you can't check. I guess maybe it's there. Hopefully, I forget what it is, but it's like, do we have this thing? And the one of them up it says in transit. <laughs> Kermit goes to visit Miss Piggy in prison. Oh yeah, this was weird. They make out for a little bit, and we don't get to see it because there's a tasteful black par in the way. But they uh, they swap some mustache. Well, there's a black bar in the way, and also there is glass in the way. <laughs> this is impossible. There can't be glass in the way, Tony. They literally swap mustache. Kermit and the others are going to the museum. Mm-hmm. We're off to the museum. The really sensible thing to do would be wait until they're definitely in the museum and then call the cops, right? Yes. Well, the cops are already there. I'm not saying, er, the Muppet should do the sensible thing. Plot hole. It, it felt really weird to be watching this thing and like, man, they did not need to also break into this museum. <laughs> I do love that they did. But the thing is, is I'm glad that I got to see them break into the museum. They break into the museum by delivering a pizza, and they are pretending to be pizza guys, and everybody just sort of wanders in as Kermit and Fozzie are dressed up, everybody's walking behind them. There's a pretty good gag where they climb up the walls of the museum because the dogs are chasing them. They're like, there's no way we're getting up there. And the dogs start chasing them, they shoot up. I, I do love the, uh, I guess climbing animation isn't the right word, but the way Muppets Yeah, I don't know how they manage it. When they're climbing stuff, which they're moving up, but their hand, their limbs are like moving perfectly perpendicular to them in a way that's really funny. Yeah, I have no idea how they pull this off, but it's really good. It's a bunch of really weird stuff they've done in this movie. Okay. 
Oh, we're about to get to the weirdest thing once we get to fucking Tom Cruise. You want to talk about it? No, we're not there yet. Are we there yet? Yeah, no, Miss Piggy I don't know. breaks out of prison. I was I was going to mention Miss Piggy first, yes. Miss Piggy fucking hulks out. So I don't know how she manages this, because this makes no sense. She busts down the bars, and then, like, I guess grabs onto the laundry truck. And just leaves. Doesn't hide in it, is just holding on. I assume she had to knock out so many guards on the way out. Because otherwise, how did this happen? So then she needs to, after the laundry truck, she needs to get onto a... Who Who is this guy in this scene who has the truck? This is Peter Ustinov. He, he's a pretty popular British actor, but I think the most famous thing he did might have been either... He was in, he was in Spartacus and uh, he played Emperor Nero in a thing. I recognized him from something as well, but uh, he was Hercule Poirot in a bunch of like 80s Agatha Christie movies. But that was after this movie, so... She throws him into a... Into the trash bins with Oscar the Grouch, which was a nice touch. I do love their exchange of lines. What are you doing here? A quick cameo. Me too. And she drives off. In this truck. Yeah, let's stick with her for a little while. So the truck then... Runs out of gas. She gets out, and then a different truck drives by. Fucking Acme motorcycle shipping. Hits a bump and a motorcycle with a costume. (laughs) Falls out of this truck. She And now she's in a fucking evil Knievel movie. I want to mention this. Piggy almost seems to have human legs on that motorcycle, which is maybe how the motorcycle was actually driven, if it was a real motorcycle. Oh no, Miss Piggy definitely all of a sudden just looks like a small man. It's very off-putting and, like, weird-looking. Because I have this, like, very ingrained idea of what miss piggy looks like and it suddenly isn't that we are all very familiar with miss piggy's body type and it is not small man (laughs) is the thing this man has curves in all the wrong places uh but i i checked i checked because i needed to know and that was a dude i think he's listed as miss piggy's stunt double that's adorable which is good that's how you do that uh, at this point, I think the Muppets are watching through a skylight and the villains walk in and they steal the baseball diamond. And then the Muppets just fall on top of them and shenanigans oh, ensue. Actually, do you know what I love about that scene? Beaker tests the alarm, which apparently electrocutes him. Yes. And then the the, the villains turn off the alarm and, they're, and the Muppets are like, hey, we did it. Good job, And Beaker. then have Animal break in. Bite through steel bars. He bites through steel bars. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And they crash down on, on top of the baddies with the baseball diamonds. Hijinks ensue. They get a very long baseball joke, which I don't think Tony appreciated. Again, the best line delivery in the movie is, they're going to steal the baseball diamond. But that only works if it's taken out of this movie. If it is removed and stood alone, it works so well. If I ran up to a random person and I grabbed them by the (laughs) shoulders and I said, they're going to steal the baseball diamond, I would have made that person's day. The baseball diamond should only have been mentioned once in passing and then again there. And then when they had it, it should not have looked like a baseball because that's too on the nose. That's a little too, this is literally a baseball, like a bedazzled. It should have just looked like, you know, a stupid movie like diamond. Like a big fucking diamond, like Carmen like Sandiego. Like a big fuck-off diamond. I've seen Carmen Sandiego. Just give me a big fucking diamond that's the size of a baseball. Yeah. What's she going to do, steal the pyramids again? Yes. 
Damn. How? How did she do How? It? And where did she put it? Is it in France? No, Tony, we know exactly where she put them in that fucking town at Bank 2, Pig in the City. <laughs> That's where the Eiffel okay. Tower went? That's Okay, but is that town in France? Because I don't we know. We don't know, and we'll never know. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was a good reference to our other podcasts. Listen to our other podcasts. <laughs> so Kermit misses the big catch and gets taken hostage. And this movie explains its problem very well here, where Kermit asks the villain why he's doing it. And he literally says, why? Because I'm a villain, pure and simple. I need more than that. It feels pretty weak. There could have been something there, like a meta commentary on villains in movies, but there wasn't. It's just, it's a punchline to a joke that isn't that funny. Yeah. <laughs> because there wasn't enough good setup to it. I, I have an issue with all the set the setup in this movie. I think uh, I think a lot of the jokes are good, but don't land nearly as well as they could. That That's the thing is, is this movie, I, I think I had more fun watching this movie, but this movie wasn't as good as the first one. The first movie was genuinely f- good. Then movie, the movie, Jesus, uh, Then movie, uh, then this movie. Uh, then, no, then movie, then movie four shows up. <laughs> <laughs> then movie four shows up, smashing into movie three, fucking just as, crashing into it at the speed of bike. As Miss Piggy smashes through a stained glass window and, I don't know, lands on the guy? Who cares? Yeah, and, and like, kind of sort of knocks him out, but then Kermit knocks him out by hitting him on the head with the diamond with the weakest tap. That got me a chuckle. There are bits of this movie, not even bits, there are full parts of this movie that should be in this movie. Like, banging him on the head with the baseball diamond, that's the best ending for that character. Yes. But he should have been a character first. Exactly. It would have been better if he was better. So then Miss Piggy beats up all the uh, all the girls. Fucking, this is the part where Animal is hurting these women by just yelling, <laughs> Waban! 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 And, I, and he just goes, bye-bye. But here's the thing, right? Is what would have made this joke a little bit funny is if one of the women was like, call me or something. That would have been cute, Because yeah. then it's not this... Also not, like, weird, weirdly creepy. Because, as we mentioned before, Animal is a Muppet is great. He's great. If you ever take a second to contextualize, what would this behavior be like if this were a human person? It's the scariest fucking it's thing I terrifying. can conceive of. Him saying bye-bye is one half of making this okay. The other half is one of these three women reciprocating that bye-bye. Also, then importantly... Those women would have had any character at all. Oh, God, I know. <laughs> but here's here's a good example, though, right? Is in the first movie, this is a scene we kind of didn't talk about, which is when Sweetie, is that his name? Sweetums? Sweetums. Sweetums. Uh, at one point, he runs through the tent of all of the other pageant winners while he's chasing down Kermit and co. And all of the beauty pageant winners are running out of the tent screaming but they have the biggest fucking grins on their faces because they're (laughs) clearly having a ton of fun but these women look genuinely terrified (laughs) of what's happening to them i feel like maybe part of the problem with this movie is it doesn't feel like the human characters are having that much fun except for the cameos Everybody who walks in on a cameo looks like they're having the time. Oh, the Columbo and uh, uh, Monty Python, uh, Cleese, John Cleese. John Cleese. I think uh, more out of out of everyone else, look like they're having an amazing time. 
Yeah. Like, they would do this again in a heartbeat. I think I would be terrible as a famous person. Okay. <laughs> okay, walk me through this. But if I could be on screen with a Muppet, holy shit, man. I would only have one caveat. They cannot mm. let me touch the Muppets. Because, <laughs> uh, unless they are as amazingly soft and amazing to hug as they look, I cannot have that in my mind broken. Does that make sense? I see that. Because I, in my head, I know Boy, that- the way the way Elmo interacts with babies, I have to believe that the Muppets are are just as soft as they look. I don't know. Elmo looks particularly soft even. If, I feel like Elmo could punch a baby and that baby would like gain health points. Like that's how soft Elmo looks. <laughs> that's how that works. I don't know if you guys knew that. That's how, why every baby who's ever been punched by Elmo, like they they are going to live to 100. They're going to be our 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 first generation that lives forever are those babies. Holy moly. Okay. Uh, the movie ends, by the way. I guess the movie ends with them being on the plane again. Yeah, they're on the plane home. But so are all of the other Muppets, not just our three main well, characters. Well, yeah, we gotta Everybody. bring all the Muppets home. Everybody who was at the Happiness Hotel is on their way home now. And we end the movie, much as it started, by falling out of the sky on parachutes instead of on a balloon. And I like the bookendedness of that, but, like, especially... <laughs> I just really liked that first movie. The thing is, is the first movie is this heartwarming thing. And it also has the amazing capability of being so fucking hilarious. And the second movie is pretty funny, but it is so goddamn weird. You you make a decent point is it's not heartwarming. There's nothing like heartwarming in the movie, really. Because like... There's none of that follow your dream stuff, and like all the romantic stuff is sort of tainted by this third dude, by this <laughs> by this third person. I legitimately thought you were gonna say there was none of that follow your dream shit. <laughs> yeah, there's none of that follow your dream bullshit that they're always tossing around on this crap. But as I've said before, I think the Muppet Christmas Carol is my favorite, like, full Muppet movie. And it's heartwarming as fuck. I absolutely agree. But I also do think that that movie has the amazing... You know what this movie needs? Is it needs, uh, it needs Michael Caine, right? It needs either Columbo or John Cleese Mm. to stick around for Mm. the whole movie. To have that... Because if you're not going to have a character, at least have an actor with an ounce of charisma who can carry a movie. Because... You, if you're going to put all of the weight on the Muppets, you can't have all this extra human shit around. <laughs> like, I think that's, you know, I think that's a good point. We were talking about, when we did the Muppet Christmas Carol, we were talking about how a Muppet movie is best if it focuses on the humans. But the Muppet movie, which is a very good movie, focuses almost entirely on the Muppets, but also there are barely any humans in that. All of the humans that we interact with are cameos. So it seems like what you need is you either need the focus on people or you need people to barely be in You need people to get out of the goddamn way. <laughs> like, have enough of them for everyone watching to understand that the Muppets exist on Earth. So yeah, watch both these movies, but watch the Muppet movie first and more often. And yeah, I think definitely watch the Muppet movie again and again and again. It's fucking totally worth yeah. the rewatch. Thank you for listening to Direct Video. Ba, 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 ba. We haven't said what we're watching next week. Okay, but we usually wrap up before that. Okay, well, you wrap up while I look it up. <laughs> then.
Okay. I have been your host and starry-eyed Muppet lover, Tony Robusto. Uh I am Andy, irresponsible parasite Reyes. <laughs> find me on Twitter at TheaterBats. And you can find the comic that I do at InspiredByTrueEvents.org. You can find me on Twitter at Royalty underscore Valens. Tell me your real-life speedrun strats. You, you can find other episodes of the podcast at directio.video or wherever you get podcasts. And wherever you get podcasts, leave a review or a rating. Uh, we would prefer that you give us those five stars. If you leave a review, talk about how you really love our Muppet episodes, so I can make us do more Muppet episodes. <laughs> I'd like to give a special thanks to Lee Rosevier for... Uh, Planet E off of the soundtrack Trappist 1. Alright, I'll allow it. Soundtrack is a weird term to have used, but still good. Album? Damn it! <laughs> ah! It is not the soundtrack to Trappist I, 1. I, listen, the place in space. Listen, man, I was thinking so hard about what the names could possibly be that all of other English took. I guess I just took the least offensive term. Is that everything? I think so. So, Tony, do you want to know what we're watching next week? I mean, it's not going to be as good as this. We, so. we, oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 it's not. We're going back to my favorite fucking tax scam, I think. Oh, oh no, oh no, no, Andy, wait. What have I done? We, we're going to watch The Swan Princess, A Royal Family Tale. And no, wait. The Swan Princess, Princess Tomorrow pirate today hmm. Uh, hmm. which which we finally get to the pirate movie which is what i wanted from the beginning from the beginning i was excited to get to that pirate movie since our last swan princess movie two more have come out i just i need to mention something just really quick mm -hmm. i didn't like the music in the great muppet caper quite as much as i did in the muppet movie. i agree the swan princess is such bad music oh dude <laughs> Andy, it's so terrible. Uh, are you sure that you're not you're not excited for uh, get the job done? I'm not excited for what I know will happen, which is another rendition of No Fear. I don't see it in here, but I'm also not going to hold out hope for that. But are you not excited for the song We Want Meat? Thank you for that. Or I'm the ghost of John. Go to bed. I'm the ghost of John Smith. Go away. <laughs> Leave me. Oh, they have real chickens, which is like a weird thing in a movie where you have a chicken for a character. No, it's, it's not different. a real chicken. I remember reading this comic where these two animal people are going to the park and one of them's like a dog person. And she says, oh, give me a minute. Let me go get my dog. And the other guy's like, isn't that weird? No, it's different. And that's that's the feeling I hear. Like a Muppet chicken is different than a chicken. You ever see uh, Amazing World of Gumball when they go to that pet shop and Gumball just like sees a cat. And he's like, mom, mom. And she's like, try not to think about it. I will say that uh, Amazing World of Gumball does have like Mondo Muppet vibes in terms of its like its ability to just use 
itself. Does that make sense? The fourth wall stuff is, I guess, what I mean. There's like a lot of meta jokes about animation in The Amazing yes. World of Gumball. In the same way, there are a lot of meta jokes about making movies and making television shows in The Muppets. I guess the difference is there's not a lot of meta jokes about puppets in The Muppets. Well, there can't be. You can only, you can't break that. Yeah, exactly. Like in the next movie, Piggy and Kermit break character to talk to each other as Miss Piggy and Kermit. And that that scene is amazing. It really felt like I walked into a friend's house while their parents were fighting. <laughs> I was like, oh, I should go. Like playing, <laughs> playing Street Fighter on the Super Nintendo was great and all, but your parents are legit yelling at each other and I'm gone. 